Now it's time for one last bow. Like all your other selves. Eleven's hour is over now. The clock is striking twelves. This is it. This is how it ends. Once there was a planet. This planet sent the universe a message, ringing out to all the dark corners of creation, and everybody came to see. Although no one understood the message, everyone who heard it found themselves afraid, except one man. The man who stayed for Christmas. Everyone gets stuck somewhere eventually. Oh, took you so long. Then crack in the wall. Analysis of message composition indicates Gallifreyan origin. You said Gallifrey was gone. No, I said it was in another universe. Message decoding. Information available. It is being projected through all of time and space. The oldest question in the universe. Translation follows. Doctor who? Doctor who? Doctor who? Planet, what's it called? Transylvania. Everything ends. Except you. I'm an old man now. But you don't die. You change. Pop right back up with a new face. No, not forever. I can change 12 times. 13 versions of me. 13 silly doctors. 12 regenerations. Clara, I can't ever do it again. This is where I end up. This face. This version of me. You are dying, Doctor. Yes, I'm dying. Listen to me, you lot. Listen. Help him. Help him change the future. Do it. Regeneration number 13. We're breaking some serious science here, boys. <laughs> Come and get it! It started. Whole new regeneration cycle. Ooh. It all just disappears, doesn't it? Everything you are gone in a moment, like breath on a mirror. No, I'm an apple. All I can think about. Apples. I love apples. Maybe I'm having a craving. That's new. Never had cravings before. Any moment now, he's a coming. Who's coming? The doctor. You are the doctor. Yep. I walked away from the last great time war. I marked the passing of the time wars. Just me. And I always will be. Times change, and so must I. The anger of a good man is not a problem. Good men have too many rules. Good men don't need rules. Today is not the day to find out why I have so many. I have lost things you will never understand. The first face this face saw, I will never be able to see you again. I'll be fine. <laughs> come on, come please. We all change when you think about it. Hello, I'm the Doctor. We are all different people all through our lives. 900 years of time and space. I've never met anyone who wasn't important before. And that's okay, that's good, you've got to keep moving so long as you remember all the people that you used to be. You know, I really think you might. I never forget a face. I know you don't. And in years to come, you might find yourself revisiting a few. I will not forget one line of this, not one day. I will always remember when the doctor was me. Great eyes are cool. Are you from another planet? Yeah. So I wear a fez now. Fez is cool. Stetson's cool. Need you to say it too. Mother of the bride, River Song. Lord of the marry me. Then you may kiss the bride. Raggedy man. Good night. Hello, Geronimo, and welcome to the podcast. It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's Who Do You Think You Are, our Doctor Who retrospective here on Best Film Ever. My name's Ethan. And my name's Ian. And this is, I don't know if I want to say a sad one, a big one, or just we're, we're getting on the home stretch now. We're, we're, 
with three doctors down after this episode and yeah. two to go. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I, I can't believe I still don't know when the centenary episode comes out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a field times wing chariot drawing near. I have been yeah. <laughs> I have been powering through some Jody Whitaker <laughs> the last because I, I am not going to let the pod get ahead of me. So because I need to know because you need to know the context of where the characters oh, yeah. are. I can't just do like a greatest hits package here. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm almost through. I'm almost through Jody's first series. So, ooh, yeah, ooh. I'm doing OK. When I realized I was like, oh, shoot, we're on. We're done three doctors. I went, hang on, hang on. <laughs> We're also done seven series out of 13. Oh, yeah. I'm done seven series. No, no, the, the pod's done seven series yeah. out of 13. I'm on, you know, I'm two thirds, three quarters of the way through series 11. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I'm going to use this because obviously you've, you've had your, your sort of Jody catch up. How, how has it been so far? Um, It's weird because um, I'm, I'm, I'm used to her now. I'm used yeah. to her now. She's the doctor. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And so it's weird because at first I think like, like, like <laughs> I imagine like we're going to see Clara Oswald do next episode that we do. Maybe <laughs> um, we're, we're, I was struggling and you always yeah. struggle when, when the doctor changes because you're used to what you're used to. And um, so at first, I think I even expressed uh, frustration that I wasn't sort of <laughs> I'm like a, 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 a mother who's not you know bonding with her kid yet or a kid who's not bonding <laughs> with the parent yet it's like I'm supposed to care for this person but but I don't I don't there's yeah. there's something missing because of and I felt that other people's the companion stories were being um prioritized maybe ahead of the community of the ability for me to care about the doctor and then I saw some pretty decent I thought Standalones, and something I'll say about the Jodie Whittaker era is that, or maybe Chris Chibnall era, is that there's not the same over-reliance on two-parters that I feel that Moffat at times was, uh, and probably Russell T. Davies, was yeah. was um, guilty of. I haven't had a situation where they kind of Ocean's 12 it where you find out, oh, it was, <laughs> it's, been, it's been fine all along, and the doctors just kept me in the dark. And that I think, is a, that's a nice thing. And these standalones do allow me to... Um, and maybe it's maybe they're they're moving the faders and a little bit less of the companions, a little bit more of a doctor. It's been it's been good. Um, there's been some. I mean, but then I, I so I was on a run of what I thought were some pretty good standalones. Yeah. And then I had a run of what I thought were some, and I don't know what the schedule is. So you might you one of these ones. But then I thought I hit a couple of really crap ones right at the end of my of my current run here, which uh, is, is a shame. I will say the most recent one is Alan Cumming is King James. Oh, I forget about the episode. The two I always forget. That but, uh, sucked. Yeah. Oh, oh, my which, word. Which find is one that we're definitely not doing. Oh, uh, I, I guess you've, have you seen Arachnids in the UK? Oh, I, that, oh. that sucked too. <laughs> and on both of them, I was moderately like up for them because yeah. like, because uh, I mean, Chris Noth, I obviously uh, picked up instantly because he yeah. looks like Chris Noth. Although making him like a Donald Trump stand-in was an interesting choice. Yeah. But the right, like somehow like Trump is more of a, is like a better human being than this guy was. And that's what's going to get me elected president of the United States. Cause you have to, I'm like, show my word. This is trash. Um, but then, and then Alan coming and I was like, Oh, Alan coming. Oh, so bad. It was so, yeah. so, so bad. So, um, but I don't blame that on 
I thought Jodie Whittaker was fine in, yeah. in both episodes, actually. Uh, I, I'm on board with who her doctor is. I get it. Yeah. I Yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, but the writing is poor, and I haven't looked at who the writers were for some of these episodes. They usually Chib is himself. It, well, I, I think with Jodie Whittaker's era, there's come uh, a time of also more diversity and inclusion in the production side of it as well. So I think we're mm. seeing more, uh, more women direct yep. and write and uh i'm trying to because st- i don't want to go in with some sort of notion that if it's not chibnall writing it i i sh- i should expect a drop in quality not that i really know if chibnall's any good at it to be honest <laughs> with you um i'm just yeah yeah so i mean as a, as a runner episode really i'm not i wouldn't know how to rank her versus the other doctors at this point although we talked about it a little bit last time but it's too early for me to make any sort of yeah. real judgment uh even though i asked you to do but you've seen them all yeah um I will say that the run of episodes is very inconsistent. And even by Doctor Who standards, mm. where things are pretty inconsistent anyway, uh, I'm really waiting on uh, an, an, an absolute buff. I'll tell you what, though. I did like, uh, and you were like, oh, I, I, what's the one where it's like the the uh, Amazon reference? Oh, Kablam. Kablam yeah. was like 85% brilliant. And then the last 15% <laughs> of it, when you have your big reveal that it's the, it's the maintenance guy, I'm like, yeah. oh, that was such a crappy... Like they got me because I, I I thought it was the two management types and I'm like yeah. okay you got me but just because you got me didn't make it a good episode because yeah at the end of it the last <laughs> thing has to line up as well and just the idea that he was some sort of terrorist I'm going oh I'm uh yeah yeah <laughs> but Lamb's my my favorite episode to talk about when they're like oh dirty it was really woke well that one's like hey look how good corporate synergy is look how good the amazon trade is and it's so it's yeah it's weird to be fair there is a weird speech where she yeah. goes on about it. it's not the like not the it, it's about yeah. working within the systems and i'm like <laughs> wait is this like is this like a giant endorsement of like Amazon and Just Eat and all these all these things where where, where you know human jobs are being lo- we should be glad for the yeah. ten years we can make it more. Oh, it was weird. so weirdly centrist for people saying how left wing it is, but yeah, it's. I, I I'm gonna use this to to jump off because um, obviously last week I, I had a little conversation saying. Uh, BBC Police or uh, your your ad campaigns out, and I get to have my follow up, my part two to this, uh, which is. Legend of the Sea Devils came out, despite it being a, a fine episode with some terrible editing and just some weird character choices. Um, this is currently the worst view it like worst viewer rated episode uh, that's ever happened. What do you mean by view- o- o- from from like an overnight audience perspective? Oh, rate. Oh, so you mean like the yeah. rating? Okay, yeah. so like you know lowest in viewership. Yeah. In what? Uh, in, in her run or in the entire po- in the entire the so, entire so run. From Rose until now. Even the classic era. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. The lowest rated episode of the classic era was uh, an episode uh, I believe called uh Battlefield which had about 3.1 million viewers if I'm correct. The current lowest rated episode before Legend of the Sea Devils was um The Eaters of Light from uh, Capaldi's final era, which was about 2.6 million, if I remember that correctly. I've got it right here. Uh, That was 2.89 million, but then uh, with like iPlayer and Catch Up, the overall week rating was 4.73, so it had a big boost. This episode got 2.2 million views overnight, 
and was beaten by a rerun of Antiques Roadshow on BBC Two, which got 2.26. What's your take on that? Is this... Is this the poor publicity? Is this dissatisfaction and malaise and uh, disinterest as we, uh, until we get to the regeneration? Like, is this like, they say, for instance, they have a term called a lame duck manager and a lame duck manager in North American sports is a coach or, or, or baseball manager. Um, yeah who's in the last year of his contract and it hasn't been extended and so everyone just assumes they'll let it play out and they'll replace the coach and so as a result no the players don't really play for them anymore because they know he's not going to be around too much yeah. more because there's no there's no accountability he's going to be gone mm. if my boss is going to leave do i really care about satisfying my boss's uh expectations of me so is it that with the fact that we know jody's on our way out the door and chibnall's on his way out the door and the only thing we're really looking forward to now is the regeneration is it that is the combination of the bunch is it just poor timing what, 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 what do you make it up to me i don't know i've been thinking about this for the last couple of days because this is this is one of the first few times i've noticed that the doctor who community has been pretty pretty on board with each other there's been no animosity everyone's gone this is really bad uh, and usually we we have our, our defensive where well, there was this there was this if you look at the weekly that's fine um this episode ratings wise was doomed to fail it was going up against britain's got talent which had uh over double the amount of viewership it had 5.2 million viewers at the same time 20 minutes after the episode started yep and simon's back so it's breathed some new life into that yeah. series uh there was also the fact that like i said last week this episode has been poorly poorly uh, advertised. There were people that I know who were massive Doctor Who fans that were like, my family know that I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. They didn't know about this episode. Uh, my my girlfriend, who's a massive Who fan now, didn't know about the episode until a, a couple of days before. And, oh yeah, Doctor Who's on this week. Isn't that great? Uh, and I think there's that. We know nothing. We knew nothing about this episode going in. I've seen more excitement uh, after this episode, not the discussion of the episode itself, but the advert for the little 30 minute stinger, 30 second stinger, even at the end of the episode for the centenary. And we saw uh, some cool things. And that was it. That was the that was the big thing. And I think that there is a disconnect now. Uh, I've seen more discussion about Doctor Who Redacted, which um, great 20 minute audio uh, podcast, uh, which I, I recommend anyone listens to if they have the time. There are some great callbacks to RTD era stuff. Uh, they open talking about the Adipose episode, which was a great um, reminder of all that. But no, this is, there's no need for concern. There have been people going, oh, this will be the end of the Doctor. No, because one, we know Russ Dave is coming back. Bad Wolf is in charge of this. I just think there is a, there's a serious lack of care right now. I think they're going to promote the centenary, but the fact that we still don't know when the episode comes out is bad. Okay. But yeah, that, that's, that's the overall thoughts. Um, Sea Devils was a fine episode with some really weird choices, but overall just it was it was an unfortunate thing. And I think we can only just look forward to the to the future right now and hope that, you know, the 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 finale the finale pays off for everyone. But from that, I'm gonna go to another finale, which I wonder if it did pay off. We'll have to discuss that. Uh the time of the Dr. Matt Smith's final episode and also uh, including New Who and uh, Classic Who, this is the 800th episode of Doctor Who. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So it 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 has some some momentum there. 
and I'm uh, we just open up with hearing these mechanical beeps and we get a narration by Tasha Lem uh, telling us about what the, the message was and how everyone came to hear this message on a backwater planet no one cared about, but no one understood it. And they were all afraid of it, except for one man, the man who stayed for Christmas. And this is the Doctor, who we see beam aboard a ship holding a Dalek eye stalk, saying that he is proof of courage and bravery. And it turns out that it's a Dalek ship, so he screams to be beamed back to the TARDIS. And well, I'll tell you uh, what, like yeah. I had to like reset and go, have I missed something? Is this really the episode that I'm supposed to be watching? Because I thought I missed something. Like it was the second of a two-parter, because you got the Cyberman head. Yeah. And but I tell you what, I don't know how you couldn't know it was a Dalek ship. It had those giant like it had uh, little round things. Had yeah. little round things everywhere. It looked like I was thinking to myself, it looks like the inside of a Dalek. <laughs> and and sure enough, it, it it basically was. Yeah. So yeah, um I, I guess a fun little bit because uh, yeah. it, it gets you instantly because this is what we call in media res, which means yeah. in, in, in the middle of things. So we've had some information withheld from us and it disorients us. And if it's done correctly, it can build uh, anticipation or expectation about, you know, what what happened? How do I find this out? And um, creates a skillful way of disrupting the audience. It could also be done terribly, but this way, it was, no, this was good. This was all right. Yeah, it was fun. And then he gets beamed back to his uh, to the TARDIS. And uh, when he comes back aboard, we see his new companion, which is Handles, a Cyberman head. I like Handles. Uh, yeah, Handles felt a bit, um, a bit. Oh, what was, the, what was the name of that thing? What was the name of the dog? Canine? Canine, yeah, felt yeah, a bit canine. Uh, as did uh, the original robot from from Kerblam that they had go around and basically be like like a sentient Roomba. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah, uh, it was it was all right. It, it it's it's typical last episode of a Doctor stuff. Let's yeah. create a companion maybe we haven't seen before or not in this role before. And let's have that be the think piece because you can have the doctor say what he's feeling without the complications of pre-existing relationships with, or, or, or characterization. Yeah. And uh, we find out uh, from the doctor talking to Handles that every alien's here, every ship is here just parked at the planet and they can't get there because there is some sort of block, some field stopping people from landing. And uh, Handel says that the the beep, the message, uh, is that no one can translate it, and it's not even the Doctor who can. And then the Doctor gets a call from outside the box, to which he says he needs to be reminded to patch the telephone back into the console unit, and Handel tells him then, and the Doctor says, no, 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 not now, later, when, anytime, make that a number and then choose that. So the Doctor picks up, and it's Clara who needs him to be her boyfriend because it's Christmas and she needs a Christmas boyfriend for dinner because she invented one to her family. And yeah, this is a Christmas episode. I forgot it was a Christmas episode. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was watching this. This is, this is right yeah. during my, uh, my, my, my peak who fandom, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I forgot. I forgot it was only, it was the next episode after the 50th. Yeah. I thought there was more of a gap. I'm like, you cheeky guy getting in just before you leave. It's literally, it's like a month and two days Yeah, before this. So like yeah. he's in and he's out immediately. Yeah. Uh, but before he can agree to being a Christmas date, handles, he and handles hop aboard a new ship and it's 
a cyber ship and they see handles and the doctor's in danger. So we get we get two of those. And uh, the Cybermen shoot at him as he runs back to the TARDIS, picks up the phone, is uh, he and Clara shout, and we cut to the titles of uh, Time of the Doctor, written by Stephen Moffat. Yeah. And then after that, we cut to Clara's flat, and it's it's very awkward. Her dad's bumbling, and her stepmom is is just miserable and moody. And the Doctor lands, and Clara runs to the TARDIS, and when she enters. He's naked and he's naked because he's going this, to church. This feels like a Matt Smith bucket list thing. This feels like Matt Smith was like, I want to be naked. Is there anything you haven't done? Yeah, I want to be naked. I want to <laughs> be, be naked on an episode. I be bald. <laughs> um, and he says he's going to church, but he holograms the clothes onto Clara's eyes and they enter and ha ha ha. He's actually naked still because only Clara can see the hollow clothes. I really hate how it's second trick and doofusy they make the doctor uh, in this episode four yeah. points and then they forget. It's the it's like flanderization for eleven. They they sort of overstep his his goofiness just a little bit too much. Yeah, and then also the whole like look I'm naked thing. Um, definitely would be a little tone deaf today. Yeah, um, which is a remarkable how quickly that can that can change if you don't want to trust me or believe me on that ask captain jack um <laughs> uh, yeah the, the first time was like all right and you got you know but the minute this um no i i didn't think the reactions of the family were big enough for the payoff that oh ha 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 he's still naked yeah if everybody was like looking at like his or couldn't look at him and would look away but it was just like they were annoyed because he was just overly friendly shaking their hands yeah it was like we get uh the the tiniest gag of the of ha ha granite granny's got the horn for a second and she wants to play twister but, but that's it it was it was weird but after seeing the state of the turkey in the oven that Clara's cooking, uh, the doctor comes up with the idea that they'll just cook it in the TARDIS using the time vortex. Because, sure, remember when Rose yeah. did that and she nearly died yeah, and yeah. it made the doctor regenerate. Yeah. Rose are few and far between. The Slovene woman turned into an egg. Yeah. Uh, but the doctor then gets this time to have an ad for the BBC iPlayer. We're going. Oh, you don't. You you don't need to use the TARDIS for all of this to forget birthdays and just use iPlayer. And Handles then says that he's got information on the planet and the mess uh, that the message is coming from. And he says it's Gallifrey. And the doctor's shocked and angry because he knows Gallifrey when he sees it, and that's not Gallifrey. It's gone. Can can we also just for a moment, if the doctor's aware of iPlayer, it means the BBC and iPlayer exist, which means does Doctor Who exist on the TV station BBC in the Doctor's universe? I think it's one of those like it's not there because they have strictly come dancing. Kind of that, yeah. So yeah, but then there were, I remember people like, but that can't be a thing because in Strictly Come Dancing and this year, people uh, dressed up as the Doctor and a Cyberman. Oh, well, maybe yeah. to him, that's like like a documentary reference. <laughs> like maybe it's like remember when the Cyberman came down and tried yeah. to imprison us? Let's dress up like that. And some random lady in uh, overalls in a, in a rainbow shirt uh, danced with it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And um, the doctor's like, oh, it's gone unless it's actually been saved. 
But even if it did survive, he says it's not in this universe, it's in a different one. And then the sound of a ship horn can be heard as the papal mainframe, a flying church arrive, and the mother superior's uh, Tasha Lem invites them aboard her church with a massive hologram face. And the doctor and Clara are now both naked and projecting on their clothes, enter and meet Tasha. And the doctor tells her that this is a security church. And he goes to introduce Clara to Tasha, but can't find a good way at all to describe her with just some awkward stuttering to go, she's my uh, uh, associate. And Clara is visibly disappointed and hurt. So then the two of them go to Tasha's office and... Uh, as we as it was her who sealed the planet away from the aliens landing but she can only talk to the doctor about these matters so clara needs to stay behind so we can have a silence tease yep because as clara sort of waits around uh, we see the hand of a silent approacher telling her to confess and we go back to uh, the doctor and tasha and she tells him that the message that everyone heard uh, felt fear and it gets weirdly sexual because the altar looks like a bed or the bed looks like an altar, depending which character you ask. Is this the only time we've had the silence to this point? Uh, who in, in who do you think? I think, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they mainly appeared during that astronaut season. Yeah, in series six, yeah. we kind of went over because that's a story in itself, which is so difficult to condense. Yeah, you really, so can't, you really can't no. do that. No, no. You know, yeah. I was just wondering if it was our first, but I think it is our first time we've yeah. covered the silence. It's a really underwhelming because you know, who doesn't show up in this one? Jeez. It's the silence and also the origin of the silence, which I didn't ever want to know. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the doctor wants to know what the signal is. And Tasha says that whoever investigates it will cause everyone else to land, creating loads of bloodshed. And then Clara bursts in, not remembering why she burst in. So Tasha uses that to let the doctor and Clara use her personal teleport to see what's on the planet. But she demands the doctor give her his TARDIS key beforehand uh, so we can't get away. And then the two teleport down and it's cold and snowing. And the rules of if they're naked or got clothes on is really confusing. Uh, I think he said, if I warm you up, then it gets stuck in your hologram shell. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that but he has a key on him. So I, I don't know. Cause it's in a pocket and then he takes it out underneath a wig. No, but before that, when he gives Tasha the, the original thing. Oh, hang on. Good point. Yeah. There's some yeah. weird confusion here. Yeah. Cause they a can failing see it's of, a hologram. That's, so a, go, that's a failing of internal logic. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's like uh, Harry when he found the stone in his pocket. Maybe it's like maybe. that, which you can check on our most recent <laughs> episode on the, on the main feed. That was Harry Potter and the philosophers. Don't say sorcerer's stone. Uh, part of a record setting first day over on the BFE a record setting length of an episode well, i yeah. looked at i looked at it as i like, we didn't go for that long and no, then we i realized did. No, the we reverend did. bruce episode uh, we were we were we well. were over three hours before we threw the reverend yeah. bruce yeah uh but then clara spots something reaching out of the snow but it's okay because it's just stone only a statue because it's a weeping angel remember Whoa, the weeping angels yeah Wow. Well, okay. Now let's take into consideration for a moment. This is the first time I think we've seen the weeping angels since they got Rory and Amy. Yeah. And now 
you know, it's got Clara by the ankle in the same, it's very similar and has sort of references to when he had River Song by the wrist. Yeah. And so there's a whole lot of, of personal baggage now that the Doctor has with the Weeping Angels that I felt actually could have been explored more like this should be a a you know he should be oh what's the word i'm looking traumatized by their presence this should be a fear and they're treated as little more than just a nuisance and i thought that wasn't enough yeah because it's like oh they're they're kind of spooky now and then it's like (laughs) mirror yeah and that's like their only arc but they can't see uh as they they fall as the doctor just gets her out of its grip and they tumble and angels start to climb out the snow and uh, the doctor says oh they just need enough time for the TARDIS to hone in on them uh, with the key but he th- he doesn't have a key because Tasha took it from him but it's under his wig because he's bald now is he legitimately bald? yeah Matt this is the, the thing that I always find funny in that final scene um, you've got two people on the screen. Yeah, they're, 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 they're both wearing wigs. Yeah, <laughs> both wearing wigs. Yeah. Um, I can't. I think Matt Smith shaved his head for a play. I couldn't find the exact. And Karen details. Gillan, of course, is shooting Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's why yeah. she shaved her head to be Nebula. Which at yeah. the time you're like, yeah, that's an awfully yeah, okay. big, awfully big commitment for some random Marvel film, and now she's like a huge star. And then yesterday we see it, or the day before we see her in the trailer for Thor, going, oh yeah. Oh, is she in the? I watched it. I must have. Yeah. I must have missed her. She's like in when when Thor's like. Chris oh, when it's the about, whole like yeah. looking at yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah okay. She's sort of just in the background. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot she's with them now because she's nice. Um, and they're back on the TARDIS and they land on the planet after Clara just makes fun of his eyebrows for a bit because they're delicate. And it's nighttime, but it's two in the afternoon. That can't be right. And they meet a couple and they get ready to spring their false identities and lie, but they can't because they tell the truth uh, because the planet's got a truth field. And uh, Clara's like, oh, I I just followed him because I've got a crush on him and I'm a teacher. I'm wearing a wig. And um, no one can lie in the town, especially close to the, the main tower. We find out the town's called Christmas in July. Um, and we, they also were like, is it difficult to live here with the truth field? One says yes, one says no. Uh, you know, that, that's funny. And they go to investigate and look in the tower. And that's when the doctor finds it. The thing that brings me physical pain, the crack in space and time again. Yeah, because it kind of unruh. As though you're like, well, okay, it bookends this doctor's time nicely. It gives you yeah. that. But it does kind of spit in the face of the whole like resetting the universe and the and the big bang again and all that sort of stuff. And um, the, the stuff later with the eternity trap and ooh, 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 the destiny trap and oh, this happened because of it. Where does it stop? Where does it begin? Because they use the crack in time. Yeah. The time was used the crack in time that was created by exploding the universe mm-hmm. to get here. But the explosion of the universe only happens because the tra- crack in time existed. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I, I've, I've, I've never, been a, I, my, my example that I gave of this is imagine you're doing like a three year course for you, like you for school. And for the first year you're told, okay, we're going to learn about this and what this means. We'll say, we'll, we'll learn about Shakespeare and do a poem. And then the next year they go, oh, actually we only learned about that Shakespeare poem so we could do a fellow. And then halfway through the third year, 
the teachers go somewhere else and you get replaced with this new teacher where they never mention any of it again <laughs> because they want to focus on some random guy that's been brought up once. And then right before your final exam, they go, oh, yeah, remember, remember Shakespeare? You just write that you knew about Shakespeare and that's how it ends. It just it felt so weird. That's always been my example. All right. But uh, the doctor says he knew that the Kraken time wasn't ever actually over. Um, and the doctor brings everyone up to speed who forgot and says this is a split in the skin of reality from my first episode, a tiny sliver of the 26. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was weird when he referred to his first yeah. episode. I was like, oh, is, is Doctor Who like Abed? Is he aware he's yeah. on a show? Remember the episode that I did about four years ago, production wise time? Yeah, that. Uh, a tiny sliver of the 26th of June, 2010, uh, when the Nuvus blew up and then he rebooted it because the TARDIS blew up and he always felt guilty because it was his TARDIS, but never found out why. But the scar tissue of the crack remained and someone's trying to get in from outside the universe using the crack. And the doctor then realizes it's someone trying to break back into the universe, which explains why Handel said Gallifrey and Handel's then says the message was a Gallifrey in origin. So the doctor said Gallifrey is in a different universe, which means if it's the Time Lords, that's bad. And then we get a really weird callback to like 1986, where the doctor brings the seal of the Gallifrey and High Counselor of his pocket, which he says he stole from the Master in the Death Zone, which is a reference to a Doctor Who crossover episode, The Five Doctors, when the Master used the seal to prove to the third Doctor he was on his side and said he'd return it and didn't. Um, okay. I wonder if this is um, Moffat being like, hey, remember the master for like a year since uh, the master will come back? Yeah, don't know. Don't know. Um, they've showed some great restraint. They showed some great restraint. Moffat showed yeah. some restraint by not uh, doing the master before this. I mean, it's... Yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's one of those things that he shouldn't show up too often. It shouldn't be uh, and, and he went an interesting way with it too. So mm. you know, uh, props. Yeah, yeah. And he slaps the seal on uh, Handel's head like a magnet, and he decodes the message, which is broadcast to everyone. The oldest question in the universe: Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Doctor Who. And the plan's simple for the Time Lords. The question only the Doctor can answer with the truth field, so he can't lie to prove to them that this is the correct universe. But if they come through, all hell breaks loose. And because everyone hears it, Tasha Lem immediately demands the Doctor speak to her uh, with her. So the Doctor then gives Clara a device to put into the TARDIS, but doesn't tell her what it does. So she does it. And the Doctor speaks with Tasha. Hang on, doesn't she, doesn't he give her the sonic screwdriver and tell her to charge it? No, it's just like some weird egg thing. Oh, is it? Okay. It's like some weird rocky. It looks more like a uh, 13 screwdriver. Because okay. it's like weird and metallic. And uh, the doctor goes to speak to Tasha Lem and asks her what's the planet called. And she says Trenzalore. And Trenzalore is the planet where uh, the doctor dies in the name of the doctor with the massive graveyard uh, after the war to end all wars, worse than the time war. And if the doctor speaks his name, the time will return. And it doesn't matter if it's in peace, they'll be thrown into a new time war. So back on the TARDIS. Clara sees uh, that whatever the device has done is complete, opens the door, only to find that she's back on her estate and the TARDIS begins to take off. Uh, not before Clara holds on to the TARDIS, screaming, no, 
And then we just go back to Tasha telling the Doctor that she will not let him start a new time war. The Doctor says that uh, the planet is protected by him and rings the bell with his sonic to bring all the civilians to the center and introduce himself and say that this place is protected. So Tasha tells her church that the siege of Transalor has begun and their faith is now changed. The church is dedicated to silence so the Doctor doesn't speak his name and silence will fall. Which is the the big thing from series six, and everyone goes, "Oh wow!" This, I mean, this does feel like a bit of a vanity one trip around this. Let, let's let's oh, let's yeah. remind everybody of the greatest hits. Hey, remember that thing that I said in the first episode? Yeah. It's paid off now. Are you glad you waited so long for this? Yeah. Uh, and then we get a, a, a narration uh, from Tasha that the papal main frame pledged to keep peace between the Doctor and his enemies. And we get a montage of the Doctor stopping different iconic monsters of some tyrants, weeping angels, a couple Daleks. And uh, Tasha says the Doctor kept his word to protect his own people and also his new home. And we see the ways his enemies adapt to combat him. We see a wooden Cyberman, but the Sonic can't do wood. And a young child finds it and screams for the Doctor's help. This is Barnabal. We're going to hear a lot about Barnabal. And uh, the wooden man is met by an older cane-wielding doctor who's got some gray hairs and wrinkles, and he's made toys for all the children of the town. And the doctor and the wooden man have a quick draw, and he sonics the wooden man to reverse the polarity of its uh, yeah. blaster. Do you think the quick draw was their attempt of a, uh, a callback to a town called Mercy? Maybe. It just seemed like a really weird thing to go all yeah. cowboy, but he does. It's so sudden, uh, but he says he reverses the polarity, check, see that I can do that, and it incinerates himself, but the sonic doesn't work on wood, and there's a truth field. So the doctor lied in the truth field. Um, I don't know. I wonder. He said he said it to do it. Is withholding information the same as a lie? I mean, I, I think we're getting caught. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those bending the rules kind of things, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, and then we find out that with every victory against his enemies, the town would celebrate and the doctor began to forget his previous lives. And we have the doctor get a Punch and Judy-esque puppet show about him protecting Transalor. And the doctor does his signature dance of the drunk giraffe, which he calls Again, the drunk play, giraffe. Playing the hits. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember when this, when this, uh, it's back when Tumblr was a big thing. And all the Doctor Who fans were on Tumblr. And when the drunk giraffe thing, ha- everyone lost their mind. That, oh my God, he said it's the drunk giraffe. It's all, it's all the hits. Uh, yeah. He, he said it, I guess. Yeah. And uh, as they celebrate, the TARDIS finally lands, to which the Doctor says, where have you been? It's been 300 years. And Barnabal asks if this means he's leaving, and the Doctor doesn't answer. And as he approaches the TARDIS, we see Clara clutching onto it, cold and a little bit frozen. And it turns out that Clara was in the time vortex, so the TARDIS extended the force field, which meant it had to take a long time to arrive, which is the TARDIS's arc, I guess, because the TARDIS hated Clara for oh, I mean, half season. It took a while to come back. I mean, yeah, but it does. It's a time machine. Remember when Captain can, Jack? Good. Remember when Captain Jack held on to the TARDIS, um, and it just took them all the way to the end of the universe. Yeah, it's one. Of, what, what do we need the rules to be this week? And that's yeah. you know, that's part of a Doctor Who charm slash mystique slash frustration at times. But yeah. 
Um, it doesn't doesn't hold up to any sort of close scrutiny, but all right, he's old now. Yeah, it's just so we can. Get you could have done. Hey, we forgot about the turkey there, so it threw it threw things off a bit and added a couple extra zeros. <laughs> just as good. Sure. Um, and they bicker and argue and ha- say they're furious with each other and not forgiving them, and then they celebrate with their reunion. And Clara looks at all the drawings. Does, that the- does it feel like they're still not close enough yet to war? It's twice now they've done these sorts of things, and I don't buy the. Ke- it's weird they had so much chemistry in Asylum of the yeah. Daleks, and they've got so little when they're opposite each other in real life. It's so weird because Capaldi and um, Common do it a lot in in the See, time I, together and it works i love their chemistry yeah. they've got it in space yeah but it just doesn't it doesn't work the same here and um as we see all these drawings that children have made for the doctor for like 300 years he also tells us that the crack in time has still been asking the question but it doesn't matter because it's almost time he grabs handles i'm sorry i'm gonna jump over him yeah. if this was amy pond yeah. And you had her come out and scream and he's yelling at her and they go, hey, I totally yeah. buy it because oh, they've shared. It, yeah. they've been through enough that that makes sense. Now, I know we can say, oh, we've been traveling together for nine years since the last episode, but that's fine. Yeah. But we haven't seen it. We haven't been through the journeys. So it's inauthentic to us. Sorry. Yeah. I was just I was just letting my mind no, go. No, they, they've done that before as well. I swear they've done. It was. um it was the it was the first episode when it's like another two years since then, and then then they they celebrated they're together again. Yeah, but yeah, we we get handles. We go to the top of the tower, and the doctor tells Clara that he can't leave the planet or it'll be destroyed to stop the Time Lords returning. And the doctor props handles up and asks him if he's comfy, and he says that comfort is irrelevant. And he props him up a little bit more, and he asks him if he's all right now. And he's like affirmative. That was cute. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice bit of humanization of the dehumanized robot yep and uh the doctor tells clara that handles is getting old and even he's still trying to do the best for him but he just can't get the right parts and with precise timing handles tells the doctor that he's got a fault and he dies and uh the doctor pleads you know what it's very human it's yeah. very human. All of a sudden you realize that there's a problem with, with, with your makeup. Yeah. And if you can't eradicate it quickly, um, yeah, it can be, yeah. it can be, it can be big. And he, he pleads, he's like, one more dawn, just hang on in there. And then the handle says, you know, there's something urgent that he needs to tell the doctor. He must patch the telephone device back into the console unit. Then he deactivates and the doctor's just left alone and asks handles to come back. And he doesn't, he just, he thanks him for his service and just says, well done, mate. Yep. And then the sun starts to rise and Clara asks, I, I, I like Handel's death. It, it works. The, doc, the doctor's only solace for 300 years is an inanimate object. It's like, um, it's not the same. I think it's done better in Castaway, but it's, it's, it's like when Wilson disappears and he loses his mind. Well, yeah, but ca- Castaway, I mean, keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's a film we, we probably should be doing at some point in the BFE, but Tom Hanks does so much, and he doesn't speak for like forty five minutes in that film. Yeah, and then Wilson comes along, and we actually have something by which exposition can take place. And you know, uh, and then when he, so then when they, they separate, there's been so much dialogue and uh, relate and all that sort of stuff that man, I was getting choked up watching the volleyball float away. I really, yeah. really was. Not so and- much with handles. 
I don't, I, it's weird. I've I've seen handles in real life. Um, the Milton Keynes Science Fiction Museum has the handles, and they prop them up and everything. And it's 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 weirdly touching seeing him like that because he sort of deactivates every so often. But no, I for this doctor, I like it and it makes sense and it's thematic. But I I want I think I needed a bit more time with handles. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's just it's just created. And even if you yeah. gave like 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 the episode before Handles shows up. Yeah. Okay, great. Now there's something here. Also, maybe you don't kill him off on the one that I know is the regeneration episode. Yeah. Because I'm expect. Okay, great. It's the warm up act. I want to know what's going to happen with with mm. with Eleven, right? And uh, Clara asks why uh, the Doctor sent her away, and he says that she would have uh, he would have had to bury her. Yeah. And uh, she says, "No, oh, I wouldn't have let that happen because I would I wouldn't have let you get stuck on Trent's law." And he says, "You know, everyone gets uh, stuck here, and everyone gets stuck to- somewhere." Yeah, everyone gets stuck somewhere, and they begin discussing the rules of regeneration because he says, "You know, this is where I end up. That I can't regenerate anymore. I'm getting old." There were thirteen doctors, silly doctors, and he includes, you know, the war doctor is regeneration. What does he and, call him? <laughs> uh, Captain Grumpy, Captain Grumpy. and then. Uh, San shoes, uh, secondary generation, yeah. we had vanity issues and stayed the 10th doctor. So this is the final version of the doctor. And he says about how they did see the future of trends law with all the graves that belong to him. And Clara says that, you know, someone else can protect, uh, can protect trends law. And the doctor denies it and says, no, no, no one else can do it. And Clara gets a little bit selfish and says that he should think about himself. And the doctor retorts and says, He's had 300 years having that argument all by himself. And granted, he didn't have his TARDIS and it made it a bit easier, but he still had that thought. Yep. And then the sun sets again very quickly and Tasha Lem requests parlay. And the doctor says he'll be right up. And as he enters the TARDIS, we see that Barnabas guarding the TARDIS still asking if he's going to come back and he'll wait for the doctor. Oh, play the hits. Yeah. <laughs> the boy oh. who waited. The boy who waited. I, see, I was waiting to see if he'd say it, and then he didn't. Yeah. And I think it's better for not saying it yeah. and letting me anticipate it. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because isn't Barnable like a little ginger boy? I think. He's, he's a bit gingery, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, aboard the church ship, Clara sees the silence again and asks what they are. And here is the origin. They're genetically altered priests that make you forget, uh, confess your sins and forget that you ever did so. Yeah, but you ever confessed? Yeah, yeah. I I preferred when they were just spooky. Ah, uh, they might come back and be spooky. You don't know. I mean, yeah. the, the silence were underrepresented. I mean, I thought it was yeah. really cool. Um, the silence because of the men in black aesthetic mixed with mm. like some old horror. Because they're very horry. I mean, they really it's are scary body horror with the elongated fingers and the face. And, and when they usually scream. The, the angles almost always like a fisheye that's down low. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's well done. Um, it's really unsettling. Plus, yeah. it was like the air of the Slender Man thing. So everyone yeah. was like, "Ooh, faceless spooky man." But then putting them side by side with just random. It's like, uh, really? <laughs> and they're going, they're priests. They're priests. It was, just, it, it's so strange. And then, because uh, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Yeah. Because the ood used to be proper frightening. Yeah. And then we kind of like turned them into not pe- not pets, but you know what I mean. Like they're like, oh, they're cuddly. It's the yeah. ood. We get we get the scary part of them. We go, okay, so how do how do they become that? And I'm like, okay, it's it's like the Tuscan Raiders they do now in like Mando and the Book of Boba Fett. They they humanize them. So you go, why do they end up this way? That kind of stuff. With the silence, you can't humanize no. the silence. They're scary. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. 
And um, Tasha and the Doctor discuss uh, the war, and we see that the Daleks have infiltrated the mainframe with their stupid human hybrid Daleks. Oh, so dumb. Although this is a callback, of course, to Clara's first episode. Yeah. Yeah. And the silence have it as well. And I hate the silence look. Uh. It just looks so weird. And uh, Tasha asks why the doctor came to Translaw. He dismisses it and says, oh, you know, it didn't stop uh, your lot from stopping me. And she says, oh, no, that wasn't my group. It was a specific sect of the church that broke away. They traveled down your time stream, tried to stop you from reaching Translaw. So they blew up your TARDIS. These are the people that blew up your TARDIS and created the cracks in the universe. The Time Lords are trying to escape through, which the doctor calls a destiny trap. And it can't change history if you're part of it. So they also created River Song and he married her. And without River, the Doctor wouldn't have made it here. And Tasha says that she doesn't care about the past. She just wants to change the future and says that the Daleks are massing for war and attack the, the main attack the mainframe days before. And she screamed for the Doctor as she died. Wait a minute. That's funny. The things that slip your mind. And then she turns into Ooh, a stupid uh, Dalek hybrid. Shouldn't have said that. Yeah, oopsies. And the Daleks burst through the door and the doctor says, oh, you know, the Daleks shouldn't know who I am. But it turns out that they found out all of the knowledge uh, of the doctor through Tasha's corpse. So the status quo is the exact same as it was when we first started. But again, another callback to uh, Clara Oswald's first episode. Yeah. So there we go. It really is like a celebration of of the character overall and yeah we can talk about how we feel about that but let's uh yeah. continue and then the doctor and the daleks have a standoff as he says he'll spend ages um defending before dying and the daleks try and use clara clara as a bargaining chip and the doctor doesn't care and clara says that she's not afraid which i don't think this is intentional but if the fact that clara is about to face death and she's like i won't be afraid and then when she does die, her final words are, let me be brave. Interesting. Maybe not. Yeah, I, I just, I, I like that, even if it's not intentional. And the Dalek, uh, the Doctor then does the exact same thing that Ten did to uh, Queen Elizabeth last episode and just insults Tasha Lem until she breaks through, uh, slaps him and becomes herself again and blows up the Daleks. They have a strange snog for a second. <sighs> And uh, she says that she can send them back to Trenzalore, and the, uh, even though she can get them back, the invasion's begun. It's no longer a siege; it's just a war. I, Tasha Lem, was there. It's it's frustrating. Uh, we get like ten minutes of her before we then it's like this big. If you think thing. hard enough, you can hold them off. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, so back on the TARDIS, the Doctor tells Clara that the turkey from before is done. And before she grabs the turkey, she asks the Doctor to promise her that he won't ever send her away again. He says, yeah, of course. And she goes to get the turkey. The Doctor looks at the viewfinder showing Barnabas still waiting for the Doctor, just staring up at the sky. And he does the fancy dematerializing. So it takes Clara back to her building and flies off again. And we just go back to Translaw and Barnabas asks the Doctor why he brought the TARDIS with him if he's not leaving. And the doctor tells him that it's a reminder and he might leave the next day or the day after that. Yep. So we get another montage of the doctor fighting alongside the silence this time as uh, all the monsters attack them. 
And uh, Tasha Lem's narration, because I guess she really broke free, uh, says that only the church were the, were the ones left who fought against the Daleks with the Doctor. And back on Earth, Clara's upset. And her stepmom just has a list of future suitors. You can make a boy band out of her list. But Clara hates boy bands. Yep. I I, I know what they're going for because the whole thing is, oh, Clara's normal life is really boring and it's drab and blah, blah, blah. And the doctor's more excited. Uh, I also think it's the idea that we haven't really given her much of a home life yet. We haven't really given yeah. her much of a... Which I don't know if I really care about. I don't know. I mean, I had enough Jackie and Mickey and, uh, you know, Donna's mom who sucks. And, <laughs> you know, the, I mean, the, the, Rory's dad's all right. Um, yeah. And, of course, of course, Will, although he gets the doctor killed. But <laughs> I, yeah, we have to do that thing where real life seems really boring. So it explains yeah. why anybody would run off into the... Uh, into the TARDIS. Yeah, and I'm sure it's that way of being able to sow the seeds of uh, Clara's just massive uh, arc of, I'm way too addicted to hold down anything because of uh, the time of the TARDIS. I will say this about um, the Jodie Whittaker stuff that I'm watching. Yeah. Like, legitimately good reason for them to be on the TARDIS. The idea that this is our escape from grief, and if I go home, I have to think of just be surrounded by these memories and these ghosts. I may as well come with you and be distracted and do things. Like, like such a fresh, original idea for justifying the choices made by a companion or a set of companions. As much as I think Arachnids in the UK sucks, that one scene where uh, Bradley Walsh is like back at the house and he just keeps seeing the ghosts of his of his wife, and then he's like, "No, I need to stay on the top." I oh, I love it. It's great. Oh, I will say this while I'm out. Um, the episode where they split India and Pakistan in two. Oh, great yeah. episode. Great episode. Demons of the Punjab is a great great, great episode. episode. And um, Clara's nan says, "You know, the crackers are rubbish because they just have poems instead of jokes in them." And Clara and her dad ask an aunt to say how she met Clara's granddad. And instead, she tells Clara the time that she saw him in the rain and wanted nothing to change and for time to stop. And Clara wells up and cries and hugs Hanan. And uh, Hanan says, oh, just wish really hard. And the TARDIS can be heard landing again. And she runs off for the doctor one more time and grabs a Christmas cracker for him. But it's not the doctor. It's Tasha Lem piloting the TARDIS and Clara wants to know what's happened to the doctor. So uh, Tasha takes her back to Translore. It's a war zone. It's, it's changed. It's absolute hell. It's no longer this happy Christmas town. It's just, it's just a war zone. And Tasha tells uh, Clara that the doctor shouldn't die alone and she needs to go to him. And Clara enters the tower and sees the doctor carving a wooden toy. And the doctor asks if it's Barnable. Clara says it's her, and he drops the toy and just looks on in wonder. And he's old. Yep. He's so, so old. He's like William Hartnell, but 100 years older. Yep. And uh, she goes to him, and he has so much joy and wonder in his face. And uh, they wish each other Merry Christmas and pull a cracker with extra help from Clara because he's gotten so weak. And he asks if there's a joke in the cracker, but there's just the poem, which is Thoughts on a Clock by uh, Eric Ritchie Jr., and she says the, the whole thing of uh, now it's time for one last bow, like all your other selves. Eleven's time's over now. The clock is striking 12. And the doctor doesn't get the joke because uh, he wanted a knock-knock joke. And then the Daleks scream for the doctor as uh, 
as not Barnable bursts in saying that yeah. the Daleks have taken the town and they're demanding that he appears and the Doctor then thinks it's Barnable. But uh, it's been about uh, the the breakdown that uh, Stephen Moffat gave is that the Doctor's on the planet for about 900 years. <laughs> so Barnable's been dead for about 500 oh, yeah, years yeah. at this point. And it's, it's, it's the Doctor's curse. He has to bury those who yeah. are close to him. Yeah. That kid is crude oil now. And uh, the doctor says it's okay because he's got a plan, but he doesn't have a plan. He'll just talk very fast and hope something good happens so he can take the credit. Uh, but this is it. This is how it ends, he says. And Clara begs him to change it, but he says he can't. He could once back when they were Time Lords, but not anymore. And the doctor tells Clara to stay where she is so she can be safe. Uh, his last victory. They say their farewells as he calls her his impossible girl and thanks her for everything. And then Clara speaks of the crack in the wall to the Time Lords and tells them to help the Doctor change the future. And she tells them that uh, they've been getting their question wrong for ages because his name is the Doctor. That's the name, so help him. And then the crack closes up and Clara looks to the sky with the rest of the village as the Doctor faces the Daleks at the top of the tower. And uh, he has an angry old man chat with them saying that after all these years trying to kill him, he's instead dying of old age. If you can't do something, do it yourself. And uh, they still don't have the courage to do it in case he's a trick up his sleeve. And he says, you know, I haven't got a trick up my sleeve this time. And he hangs his head in defeat for a second as he hears all the town screaming and the blast happening. And then the sky opens up and the crack sends regeneration energy directly into the doctor and he just swallows it. And the Daleks tell the doctor that this is the end of him, but now he's got other plans because the rules never mention the rules. The doctor begins to regenerate by breaking some serious science and he says it's going to be a whopper. The Daleks scream to exterminate the doctor and regeneration energy bursts from his hands as it starts to blow up Dalek ships and he does like a, a guitar solo like hand uh, yeah, yeah it's I wonder if they kind of asked um, Capaldi what are the kind of things he's going to be doing because yeah. it feels like a very Capaldi move although it's a new person he wouldn't be foreshadowing it it's interesting yeah and uh, he blows up Dalek ships left and right with his hands and uh, it, they stop them all and he stops and screams uh, love from Gallifrey and as he regenerates everything just explodes and takes out every oh, Dalek can we talk about how when 10 regenerates it's in the TARDIS and his energy goes straight up and it doesn't destroy the TARDIS yeah, yeah. I think the, the excuse here is because it's all the regeneration energy, it's a new cycle, blah, 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 but yeah. Nah, lame, lame, lame. Yeah. And then after all the explosions of cooldown, Clara emerges from the uh, bottom of the tower, wondering where the Doctor could be, and she calls for him and sees that the TARDIS's phone has been used. Remember this for next episode. All right. And um, she puts uh, the phone back in the box and enters the TARDIS and looks around the console room and she sees his clothes scattered around, a half-eaten bowl of fish custard, and then hears his boots uh, walking up the stairs. I think this is a really clever fake-out because the way it's done, we only see the feet uh, going up. So we think it's going to be someone new. Yeah, we think it's, we expect to see Capaldi, but it's Matt Smith again. He's fine. He looks the same. He's young again. He's okay. But then he says the regeneration's already started. His face was just a reset. And we get a whole new regeneration cycle, but it's just taking a little bit longer. And he sets the TARDIS in flight and begins his speech. 
about how everything all disappears like breath on a mirror the doctor's coming and uh he will he always will be the doctor and times change and so must he and he looks at his hands it begins to glow the regeneration orange and he looks around the tardis and sees all the drawings that amy drew as a child and we see Little Amelia running around the TARDIS, but her face is obscured because of a sleepy <laughs> act is just too old. Because that girl's smoking cigarettes by now. Jeez. Yeah. Well, she's like, my, she wouldn't be my age. She'd be about like 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he said, he shouts out to Amelia and Clara's like, who's Amelia? Um, to which- Seems weird. He would never talk about the other companions to each other. Well, Especially because say- she saw his entire life. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He, he saw seven dangling around when Ace was there, but he does. She doesn't remember the the ponds, and he says, "You know, it's the first face that I ever saw, and that we all change when you think about it. We're different people through our lives. So as long as you remember the people that used to be, and he says he won't forget a line of this. Not one day he'll always remember when the Doctor was him, and he looks directly at the camera, so you know that that's Matt Smith talking, but also the Doctor." And uh, then, as the music swells, someone walks down the stairs, and it's Amy Pond. And which says, "Rackety oh, man, good night." Oh, with such a flat-looking wig. <laughs> oh, it's it's like you straightened so much. Yeah, it just, and it just sits super tight to the face. Yeah, um, which yeah, I, 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 I was I was thrilled yeah. to get an Amy Pond cameo. I will take this. I it was weird. I remember when I watched. It, I was like, "Oh wow!" And I like I remembered that it happened because I I did my intro for this before I watched the episode. So I I, I ended on Raggedy Man Goodnight. So I knew about Amy being there. I, for some, I got goosebumps for a some better, reason watching it. A better use of Karen Gillan than yeah. the fiftieth did with um, Billy Piper. Billy Piper. Yeah, yeah. And um, she wishes him good night uh, before he goes and. Then he just regenerates via sneeze and becomes Peter Capaldi. Oh, and it was like it was like a jump cut though, which was great because we're yeah. not expecting that. We're still expecting the big blow. Yeah. And then it doesn't happen. It's just instantaneous. And uh love it. Love it, love it, yeah. love it. And here's Peter Capaldi. And he doesn't like his kidneys because they're the wrong color. And he also doesn't know how to fly the TARDIS. And we we end the first time we've had a regeneration uh, in the the new series. It usually focuses, especially like with every regeneration, even in the classic series, it focuses on the doc, the new doctor as it goes to the credits. But we, ju- we just focus on Clara looking horrified. Clara's the bridge. Yeah. Clara's the bridge. We haven't had a bridge since, um, since Rose. Since Rose. Yeah. yeah. Linking Eccleston and Tennant. So really interesting. Um, and of course she's our surrogate yeah you know what i mean like usually it's just us and the doctor alone and to actually have him there um because even in in rose i mean he drops her off doesn't he and then he goes up and he changes by himself no i uh, he does that whole oh you you were fantastic and so was fantastic. i so was i and then he regenerates and oh is she with like, him when he when he yeah when he, oh, okay my bad. yeah and he's like oh barcelona new teeth oh right yeah 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 um yeah yeah that's the episode yeah yeah that's the episode it's, it's, it's a good way to end it it's interesting yeah. uh first time i've seen a capaldi episode since i watched his regeneration and uh yeah it was really good to see the guy again i was yeah. like hey it's pete. i missed him it's pete which is interesting because i think i've I, i've 
I think I was going, okay, once we got to Smith, I was like, oh, okay, it's about to hit the downward trend. Because I have said the 50th, I think, is, is the high point. And yeah. I, for, I forgot how quickly after the 50th we switch. Um, that being said, it doesn't mean I don't like Capaldi. I do like Capaldi. I thought he was, I thought he was fine. Um, more than fine. And I'm looking forward to kind of going back and re- rewatching mm. some of this. And maybe I've been too disparaging and thinking it was this giant chasm at the top between 10 and 11 and then everybody else maybe it is closer maybe it's not but it'll be fun to go back and look and i was sitting there going hey so i was up for it as opposed to mourning the loss and i am rather than mourning the loss of matt yeah. smith i am celebrating the debut of peter capaldi yeah so i guess we'll, we'll do our usual thing sort of our, our overall thoughts and then we'll we'll do the the rest uh gimmicky gimmicky episode nostalgia is not bad but i do wonder if i don't even mind his impossible choice i guess i can live with that um i thought there were better ways of framing or getting the information across the audience what was occurring um i know we just had some shots of gallifrey in the 50th uh, I think maybe you needed that. I think maybe you did. And what does it sound like if you hear Clara's words being echoed into the war chamber or into whatever it might be from 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 where they're they're, they're calling out? Mm. And some cutaways to people's reactions, and then going because we all know what's going to happen. I mean, we all know what's going to happen. Yeah. We're we're all we're all aware. You know, everybody knows that people are calling it the regeneration episode. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be masked as a surprise because it's not going to be a surprise. So then, rather than that, how do we? If everybody knows, how do we still get the most out of it? And I think maybe you could have done that. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's more of an important episode than a great episode. Yeah, my my issue is like with, with this episode. It's it's I, I like the idea of the plot because one thing that I was um I forgot to bring up for context, and I think it's good to bring up now actually is uh, originally the the plan that Stephen Moffat had was Matt Smith was going to have another series. He was going to do he's going to do series eight. Oh, okay. And then Capaldi would appear, and the entirety of series eight would be set on Trenzalore, and it would be about defending the planet. I think in theory that's great, but you, I don't think I could stand thirteen episodes of that because Flux nah. was was like a, a, a one a one stop plot, but Flux went to different planets. I cannot just do Transylvania. No, I mean so much of, of Doctor Who is Monster of the Week. So much of Doctor Who is yeah. jettisoning around on the TARDIS, and yeah, no, you can't ground the characters for that long. I, uh, mm. I'm yeah, I'm with you there, but. I think, and I, I'm going. I guess I'm going into my my grumbles. I like a lot of this episode. My issue is, and it always has been, um, the cracking time stuff is so frustrating because I like it in the first series, in Matt Smith's first series, and I like the plot of the second one. The issue then becomes, though, all of it happens because of Matt Smith's final episode. So it feels that even from the beginning, we've been leading up to his demise and it, it just feels like the, the entire regeneration is just focusing on his death because tenants wasn't tenants overall arc just sort of happens and then we get you know mm-hmm. uh, the time lord victorious and even even uh Eccleston's was becoming who he is it's this weird thing that all of a sudden it just feels like they go 
oh yeah, another crack in time. How can we explain some of the stuff? Yeah. And it, cause it's, it's so quick. That explanation of uh, Madame Kavarian and all of series six is a throwaway line of exposition just going, oh, they blew up your TARDIS and they did this. Yeah. And it just felt, it felt wrong. Uh, I mean, this was just, I mean, this was Matt Smith's victory lap is, is yeah. really what it was. Uh, and then trying to write a story around all these things you want to bring back. We got the weeping angels. We had the yeah. grip around the ankle rather than the, the wrist. We had mentions of river song. We had, um, we had a cameo from, from, from Karen Gillan, which is fine. I don't mind. I don't mind that. Actually, yeah. I'm quite good with that, but there's just so many of them. And, um, even, I mean, you could, you know, was, wasn't there a couple of, there was that one where the doctor stays for a while yeah it's it, it just kind of feels like it, we're just playing the hits and it'd be like it'd be like if for for like karen gillen's last episode if we just did like a celebration of of their relationship rather than actually a story and the story was really strong the story yeah. was was and it made her exit mean more and this just felt like it's like well it was like thank you for your service here's your leaving due yeah. Like we do in this country, when you leave a job, you take someone out for for dinner and you give speeches and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. She gets a big uh, epilogue speech and yeah, you know, we're, ha we're happy. Yeah. It's a sweet happy. But, but this one here was just like, let's talk about all great, you know, let's talk about our favorite memories with the doctor and we'll show them yeah. again. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's an important episode in the sense that we're going to have a swap and we say goodbye. But as far as the story itself, very forgettable. It's an. In I, I always talk about this as a really interesting character study for both eleven and twelve, actually, because the whole thing of of eleven is forgiving himself for the time war, this massive war that went rocked for for years and years, and he he dies trying to stop another one from happening, and then twelve's arc is he's born on a battlefield essentially, and trying to combat that. But again, that that's 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 when you analyze it but that's not brought up in the episode you have to go oh yeah if you think about where this character's gone sure what i remembered of this episode was old man doctor snow yeah. and asking a crack in a wall for more opportunities to reset yeah. the thing that's all i remembered so i didn't remember yeah. why he was there i didn't remember the 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 fact that he was placing himself and sacrificing his matt smith 11 life which he thinks is his last life i don't yeah. remember any of that and i think it's because the story has yeah a lot of yada 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 that gets us to the the, the key the key points maybe there's a two-parter in this and maybe we shouldn't have rushed to the finish yeah, uh, yeah. you kind of look and go the 50th maybe we should have trimmed something before it and but you needed more than just the one after the 50th and that's another thing too you needed a breath after the 50th yeah. and we didn't we went 50th and goodbye i think that's always that's always the issue i think matt smith has a christmas special and again that's the, that's the whole thing because everything is contracts and sure I, I'd love to know what it what that series eight would have been like, and I'm sure if if I hound Stephen Moffat enough, he'll he'll tell someone. But there, there, there's there's only so much. Wishing, Release the Moffat cut. Yeah, and I, I I don't know. I like I'm I'm content with it, but there's so much that I go. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, yeah. Not, it's not bad. It's, it's just it's just not good. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess oh, we've said our dislikes, like favorite element, because uh, there's there's positives here. The Karen Gillan, um, the Karen Gillan cameo is it's good. It's good. It's needed. Yeah. It's needed. Um, it's thematic. Even if it does kind of go, yeah, Clara, you really didn't matter that much. <laughs> um, old man doctor. I like when the doctor stays in one place for a bit. I kind of yeah. like old man doctor. Uh, and uh, of course, we didn't. Matt Smith's big shouty speech of the week. We got we got oh, one more. Yeah. You got one more about changing the rules, didn't he? So and then we got I, hush hush one as well. Yeah, I love me a big Matt Smith shouty speech. So um, yeah, those are those are my sort of highlights. You, uh, it's it's similar. I I like his speech at the end. Again, that's me going. Oh yeah, Matt Smith's final thing. He gets to talk to us and say how much he loved it. But outside of that, I do. Clara's reaction, the way that she talks to uh, the Time Lords at the end after her her farewell to Old Man Doctor, is really really well done. She's got she's just crying and weeping, and he just goes off. I like it. It has this. It feels like a finale, almost like almost like all hope is lost. If you if if I didn't know that Capaldi was was coming. I would for a second believe it was the end. And I appreciate her for trying with that to make it believable. Yeah, it's a hard part. How It's really hard to suspend your disbelief when you, you already know he's coming. Yeah. Because I saw the eyebrows in the 50th. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, from that, it's just it's just our ratings. Mm, well, I, st- I mean, we didn't formalize grumbles, but I'm still going to oh, say, yeah, I'm yeah. still going to say Dalek through the forehead. And yeah, that's dumb. Dalek through the forehead and um, and Clara's family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that if they had had their, if they had Dalek through the foreheads, it might have been better. Um, my rating, oh, I'm going to bump it a half mark because of a regeneration. It always is something yeah. more. Seven and a half. I mean, it's it's all right. Yeah, that's, all right. that's sort of how I feel. It's all right. The highs are really high. It's just the lows are so low. Yeah. I mean, I don't want the silence to be out. Just some some some, some un- underling from a church. They were like yeah. this. <sighs> Sometimes it's good if your villains don't have a backstory. Yeah, that was the thing with the Weeping Angels. Oh. We, I still like, technically know the origin, and I appreciate that. Yeah, never tell me the origin. No. I like I like the mysterious thing. Um, Let us be afraid of the unknown. That that that's yeah. how that's how horror works. One of my favorite Tenant episodes is Midnight because one we never see the creature, we never find out what it is. You it's know, just some weird the thing type creature. You know what a really underrated Tenant episode is? I think which one? The one when they're stuck in traffic oh gridlock yeah that with the is macro that is great people never give the macro justice they were a great classic crab villain yeah just just just, yeah. A, big, just a big fan of it as well as also one of the few one of the earlier allons i believe yeah yeah i think uh not brian dennehy um oh uh the the friend in uh in Bruges. Oh him, him. Yeah, uh, I think uh, he's uh, the Catman. Brendan, Brendan Gleason. Gleason. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's like the Catman in that, and I think he's fantastic in it. Cool. Uh, but no, I, I have the same thing. It's it's really frustrating because a lot of it I like. I love the end of this. I love the 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 farewell tour. I think it's I think it's beautiful and emotional. Yep. And I'm going. 
because my my massive issue with this is the crack in the wall that i hate the plot of the crack in the wall coming back and i hate the idea of the silence just being underlings because they're these massive villains and they're yep. just a part you've of just, this thing you've just wrong? you've just neutered them basically is what's just happened. It's, it's not all the silence it's just like it's like a like a couple of them yeah. that have just gone off and and done that yeah. so sure um so I'm going. I'm doing the, the same thing as you. I'm, I'm adding a half mark, but I'm going. I'm going seven out of ten. All right, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it's not awful. It's not amazing. Like, out of all, it's my least favorite regeneration. Let's episode. go back to like remember tenants last episode and the four knocks and how huge that yeah. was and the speech and the oh, it was such, it was such a doctory thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And even like the fair, I don't, I don't love the farewell tour for Tenant, but it has so much weight to it because you know oh, okay this is the last it. time he gets to see all of them. You know what this is? This is Moffat saying I'm sticking around. Yeah. <laughs> it's what. So you know you, you don't get to be as self indulgent when you've got you know you, yeah like Russell T Davies got to end everything, so he's like yeah. let's let's take you. So it's as much a farewell tour to himself as it was Tenant's. But you know Actually, what? Yeah. When Moffat does his farewell tour for, for Capaldi, we get we get everyone we go we get Bill, we get Nala, yeah. we get Clara, we get yep. everything. Yeah, so um yeah. Yeah, I think I think Matt Smith gets a little bit of the diet coke treatment on this one. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. But obviously with the mention of Capaldi, that means next next time's episode, which is uh, obviously deep breath the the introduction to Capaldi, the man with the mad eyebrows. I was gonna say surely it's gotta be the first one. Yeah, with if I remember correctly, a Matt Smith cameo in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's why I brought up the uh, the phone uh, at the yes, end of yes. this episode. It's when 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 Moffat's clever, he's really clever. Yeah, he is. Uh, but with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Who Do You Think You Are. If you're listening to this on week of release, we would have just released our best film ever, ever episode on Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Don't say sorcerers. Uh, don't say sorcerers. Also, Friday, I think we would have had our BFE mailbag. Yeah, mailbag will drop. Yeah. And then either Sunday or Monday, we'll also have episode four of Dancing in the Moonlight. Dancing in the Moonlight. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. Yep. As we're tipping so, over, we're tipping yeah. in both things. We're tipping over to the second half. Yeah, there we are. The second half of everything. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's best on ever pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you like what we do and you also listen to our episodes and uh, reviews, you might want to take part in being part of our rating system, our fifth chair for our film reviews, or even give us a film to review to come on at the end for our end game. And that's, easy using patreon that's patreon.com forward slash bfe we kept it simple for you yeah if you want to keep the lights on and keep the content i mean we you know every tuesday we release a full-length movie review mm. uh we release something bonusy on a friday and then we typically do uh most most of the time we've got some sort of a series review going on right now we got two with the doctor who once a fortnight and <laughs> every episode of moon night uh so lots of content but help us keep the mm. lights on for as little as three pounds that's five us dollars a month you can help keep us in your ears three to four times a week wow that's a lot of time that's a lot of time <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to this episode i've been ethan and i've been ian and i won't forget one line of this not one day i will always remember when the podcast host was me we'll see you next time nice that was good <laughs> <laughs> thanks